All right, welcome to another edition of the Weekly 5 Series, where I try to do my best to inform and educate to help you build a financial strategy, create your best life, and make work an optional five to ten years early. Excited about the show today. Our topic after the macro market update is budget tracker. So I'm calling this the number one tool to change your financial future. And if you follow us on our Facebook page, um, I even dropped the link to this that you can print out. So be sure to follow us at Life in 20 on Facebook. So this is episode three of the fives, which stands for financial independence versus endless struggle. I hope you caught the previous two episodes because, uh, for example, episode one talks about the current state of the economy and markets. And then it's followed up with episode two specific to Bitcoin which is a way to play the market and hedge the economy. Um, But this episode, episode three of the series, really starts putting the critical pieces to the framework for financial freedom together. So I'm excited to share that with you. Glad you're here. Um, As always, we start with the macro update. Uh, A couple or a few headlines here to to keep you ahead of the 90%. Okay, so there's four macro updates I want to give you today. Um, And probably things you would never even think about tracking, which is good, right? I want, I mean, this is to, again, help inform, help educate. So you can put and connect the dots. Um, so you can see big picture and then make the financial decisions that are best for you and your family. So we're going to talk about U.S. retail sales real quick, U.S. building permits, housing starts, and jobless claims. But before we do that, remember episode one, we talked about the national debt. So here is another stat for you that will blow your mind. So we are now at $34 trillion in the national debt that has been accumulating since, well, for the past 232 years. So $34 trillion last 232 years. We've added $1 trillion in the last three months and over 50% in the last four years during this kind of post-COVID period. Really incredible. So, U.S. retail sales. So, retail sales, it's a great measure for the total sales within the U.S. economy, excluding food services. And it's a good gauge of how the economy is doing in general. So, it'll give you an idea of whether or not consumers are using their discretionary income. So, the current reading for December, it was up uh, from $611 billion in November to $615 billion, and up from $587 billion one year ago. So that's a 0.63% change from last month and a, almost a 5% change from a year ago. The question I have is, is the American consumer getting overextended, overleveraged? If the average credit card balance is $6,000 currently for the cardholder, and our interest rate on that is about on average, 24%. We have over a, uh, $1 trillion in credit card debt in the U.S., all-time highs in each category. I don't think most people are adding that 25 or 24% on to each purchase they make if they're not paying off their bill every month. Uh, second uh, macro indicator, U.S. building permits. Now, Paul, why would you even be talking about this? Month over month, 1.9% compared to minus 2% last month. So what this means is 
that you starting to see a tick up on housing permits. And this could be a metric that looks ahead, right? And believes like lower rates. If the Fed does cut some rates later in the year, it'll lead to more demand. And so a lot of, you know, market analysts, that's what they look for. They look for building permits. And then this next one, U.S. housing starts, third metric I want to talk to you about. Month over month, that's down 4% compared to up 10% last month and minus 5% to a year ago. So what are housing starts? So U.S. housing starts reflects uh, the change in the total number of single-family houses that were started construction in a given month. So it's the most important metric because, yeah, you can get the permits, but did we start the build? And is the housing market actually growing? And that's a good gauge to gauge the economy too. So this metric most notably crashed during the 07-09 housing crisis. And during that period of time, it reached a low of minus 16%. So we're far off from that. It's not doom and gloom necessarily, but it's interesting that we're down 4% from uh, a year ago. All right, and then the last one, jobless claims. You know, the economy still shows resilience. Um, The number came in lower than expectations this week, 187,000 versus last month we were at 203,000. And one year ago today, we were at 205,000. So we're down about 7%. So these are jobless claims, people filing for unemployment. This is a lot less than you would expect in a high interest rate environment after the Fed did all the raises. So resilient economy um, indicators for sure. Quick market update as I really want to stay on track today. Uh, so NASDAQ, uh, that's your tech, that's your group of tech stocks, uh, up 2% for the week, uh, 3.6 year to date, uh, S and P 500 up 0.91%. That's the five big, 500 biggest companies in the U S 2% year to date, Russell 2000. That's your small mid caps down 1.6%, down 3.4% year to date. So you see the opposite effect there. So the spread between the NASDAQ being up and the Russell being down it's about 6 or 7%. NASDAQ ripped today um, just to close out the week. I think it was up like 1.7 just today alone. Bitcoin, uh, which our episode last week was about, be sure to check that out. It's down 2% uh, this week and down 6% year-to-date. Uh, gold down uh, 1%, uh, 2,029 per ounce for the week, which is down 2.3% year-to-date. Oil up just under a percent for the week and up 2.8% per year uh, to date. And why that's an interesting measure is because that ultimately impacts the price at the pump and that can be inflationary and put pressure on the consumer. So we, we want to watch that. And then MAGS, it's an ETF. It tracks the Magnificent 7. I explained that in episode one. That was up 2.6% for the week and leads all those indexes is up 6% for the year. So the MAGS 7, Alphabet, which is Google, Apple, Amazon, uh, Meta, Microsoft, NVIDIA, and Tesla of 6% year to date. Okay, moving into the fives challenge. We're always going to touch on this every week. <clears throat> not much to talk about. Again, I still have not, um, you know, pot committed here into the five stocks we're going to track for the next five years. But just to just to refresh for those who haven't tuned into the other episodes, um, I've got a framework for setting goals. Um, I'll share that this week. Uh, I think I shared it in the show notes a week or two ago in the episode. So be sure to check out that. Sometimes there's links in there. But starting January 2024, so I got about, what, week and a half left, we will invest aggressively towards financial independence. 
by contributing the majority of our expenses to the F bucket, freedom bucket, um, each month by maxing out our 401k and dollar cost averaging the rest into five stocks or ETFs for the next five years, so until January 2029, to reach financial freedom five years early so we can travel while we're young. Those are our reasons. Yours might be different, um, but good framework to kind of sit down at the dinner table and map out what your goals are. So um, hope to have update for you on that next week and um, uh, in, our, in our next episode, which will be focusing more on, you know, what is your number? Um, meaning how much do you need per month um, to make working optional? All right, this week is the bucket tracker, Paul's bucket tracker. Uh, all right, so I want to take more time this week. Let me review why I think this is important, where you can find it, and why I think it is the number one tool in starting your financial strategy, so your journey. Um, in the book, The Secrets of the Millionaire Mind, I read this several years ago, there was one takeaway I'll never forget, and that is what you focus on expands. So your financial standing grows to the extent you do. What you focus on expands. So if we always do what we've always done, then you should expect to always get what we've always got, right? We've heard this. So we can't drift our way to financial success. We can't drift our way to financial freedom. Our best chance is to design our way there. How? Well, we have to shift our mindset from from scarcity and settling for the day-to-day comfort to a life of abundance. Everybody thinks that when you're saving, you got to cut. It's true for some things, but really only the things that are unnecessary. You really want to live a life of abundance, which means is invest in yourself so you can go after raises, promotions, um, other income streams. Maybe it's a rental, right, or a second job. And really being uncomfortable at times, stretch goals, meaningful milestones, Really, that's where the payoff is. So that is how we break free from the herd. That's how we, we, we get beyond average. So let me give you an example. As the saying goes, right, we've heard this, what you hear, you forget, what you see, you remember, and what you do, you understand. So let's take this podcast. You might hear things today that hit you right. You nod the head in the car. Yes, I need to do that. But you go back to your normal routine right? goes forgotten. If you see me or others participating in the practice of putting these principles in place, you know, me sharing the fives challenge and my results, good and bad, DCA and in, dollar cost averaging in every month, consistency, maybe observing success, it may hit you different. So you see the path, right? You see how easy it is. So you start asking more questions and you're more willing to do it. But if you actually participate in your own improvement, then that's where you gain the real full understanding. You really get to connect the dots there. You see the results, and then it ends up becoming a habit. And you get consistent in that strategy, and then you'll benefit from those results. So that's what we're trying to do with this tracker. It tracks uh, all your expenses monthly so that you can gain a deeper understanding of your monthly expenses. What is your minimum cost of living? And what is your spread? We talk a lot about income, 
What we should be asking each other is what's your spread each month? That's the difference between your net income and your operating expenses. Do you just fill that with just unnecessary spending? Or do you have some money that you should be contributing and investing, right, to get you closer to that financial freedom? Make work optional. I really think this is the core piece to financial freedom and that framework that we talk about. Um, it's the place I like to start. I've been doing it three months now um, consistently, right? We've always been good tracking expenses and monitoring, like you probably are. But if you if you write it down and you you and your spouse, you sit down at the table and you take a guess of what you spend, and then you start tracking it, tracking everything in these categories I'm about to describe, I think you'll be way off. Um, so let's dive in. And, um, you know, I kept this real simple. It's five buckets. Unlike applications that you get, they might say, oh, well, Venmo has this or my bank has this. Yeah, but they divide it up into so many different categories. The meaning and the purpose of it gets lost in there. And having a physical copy is, is, is really actually part of the fun and, and the purpose. It's in front of you every day and you don't forget. So I touched on these last week. Um, let me go through them uh, in a little bit more detail. So the five buckets, shelter, which is your rent, mortgage, utilities, property tax, home insurance. That's the S bucket. The D bucket, discretionary. These are the material things, clothes, booze, entertainment. H is health, groceries, your dining, your health insurance, gym. T is for transportation, car loans, fuel maintenance, car insurance, etc. And then there's the F bucket. And that's what we're here to focus on. That's your freedom bucket, your future bucket, stocks, pensions, IRA, 401k, savings. That's where you get and you achieve financial independence. So on the top of this, and again, I think we'll have the link in the show notes um, or again, just, um, drop a like to the Facebook page and you should be able to get there and see the post this week. I'll, I'll be posting this more, but the USA average for these five, when you look at these five buckets, the average U S household, 33% of their monthly expenses in the shelter, 23% for discretionary, 21% in the health category, 17% in transportation and only 6% for freedom. And we want to flip that. So. The area you really want to focus on is the three big categories, which is shelter, discretionary, and transportation. That's 73% of your monthly costs on average. So make note of your expenses as they happen day to day. Try to go as long as you can without spending. Also a fun little game. But the tracker just lets you put the date, the dollar amounts. We don't need cents on here. Just round up. And then just a note. Like under shelter for me for this month, on one eight I got the PUD bill, $108, right? And then the gas bill, $125 on one eleven, you know, Xfinity, et cetera, et cetera. Um, the one that blew me out of the, out of the water this, this, this month was the water sewer, $271. And that's the other thing I hope we get out of this is people can kind of share in the comments some of their bill costs and we go wait a minute maybe i'm doing something wrong maybe i got a leak maybe my kids take long showers i don't know what's going on 271 that's the biggest it's been in a while um gotta look into that so do that each month and then basically at the bottom there's a spot where you put your uh, your monthly uh, combined household net income and what i mean by that 
That's after taxes, before, but before deduction choices. So with health insurance and your 401k, those are choices. This is after, um, you know, this is not any taxes like federal taxes, Social Security, Medicaid, that's all, that, that all, all that stuff. But before the deductions for 401k health insurance, because those are optional, what we want to do is we want to see increases in that 401k piece based on what and where you're starting right now. And then you subtract that from the total of your five buckets, and then you get your spread. And so as you're calculating your buckets at the end of the month, um, you just divide that into your total expenses so you can see what the percentage breakdowns were. I think I shared last week, you know, our discretionary bucket has been the culprit the last two months, actually starting to get a little bit of a a trend line here. Both have been over 4,000 for the last two months. Don't like that because they've both been higher than my F bucket by a lot. So the goal here that I'm committing to in the fives challenge is to make sure that my biggest expense every month is paying myself first. And no matter where these other four buckets come in, um, that the F bucket beats each one of them. So, and you can set your own goals. Maybe it's 30%. You know, I would recommend definitely shooting for anything over 20% of, of your expenses. If you can get to 30 and 40, you really start to, to talk about, um, making working optional um, earlier in your in your life so that uh, you control your time in the end. So that's the budget tracker. I'll be sharing mine uh, monthly, or sorry, weekly. Uh, any big bogeys that come up. Um, one big thing came up for me this week is car insurance. I don't know about everybody else, but car insurance, maybe you haven't seen the bill yet. Apparently all the car insurance, which is a big, big reason why inflation was up this month, Car insurance is going up drastically. Mine went up significantly. And so you may want to check on yours as well to see if you guys got, um, if you got hit with that, uh, that as well. So prices of things are going up and we got to, we got to keep up, right? And so we can't save our way there. We've got to invest our way there. Okay. Um, I hope that covers it. I always feel like I have to rush through that. My apologies. I see my, my timer here for the, you know, life in 20 brand and it's, it's already at zeros. So I'm going to try to wrap up. Um, what else on my list? Uh, let's see. Okay. This is probably a message that somebody listening right now needs to hear today. Getting your house in order requires brutal honesty. Right? Sitting down with your spouse or yourself if you're single, but embracing the hard truth of where you're at. And we all have different uh, point in time where, where we started. Uh, when we when we finally assess and evaluate where we're at, and we might have to take different and dr- more drastic approaches, right? It might disrupt the life a little bit more. But notice, I've never said anything about budget. It's not really a budget. That's a dirty word. It's frustrating when you don't achieve it, and then it goes away, and it's like a New Year's resolution. This is discipline about financial f- future for you, your family. And doing the things, the little, taking the little iterative actions that get you closer to your end goals, which are different for all of us, right? Mine is travel young. I don't want to get out at 65. I want to do it at 55. And, um, and that time's precious. So that's our goal. Generally, the, the thing that's holding us all back is ourselves, right? We got to be really brutally honest. And then we got to ask ourselves, you know, during this process, hopefully you discover you're enough, 
Like, what is your enough? And that's what we're going to talk about next week when we talk about what is your number? How much do you need per month to live out your life without working? And then I'll, I'll give you the formula how to calculate that. And that's the best, that's the second best piece of this framework. Um, but if, you're, if your household income um, is up right now, but your buying power, net worth, net worth isn't increasing, it's probably because we're filling the life with things that don't really advance us, right? We're consuming things versus consuming knowledge and taking action. And if you want to never worry about money, you have to commit to the discipline of spending money only on the things you absolutely love that bring you happiness and then ruthlessly eliminate everything else. Then once you have reset your spending habits, you invest in yourself like we talked about, put yourself first, there's no loans for retirement. Remember, the average household is contributing less than 6% of their monthly expenses to their future to their freedom, to their financial independence. We can't get there at 6%. So, like I said, i got to start wrapping up. Check the show notes. There is a link to the document, the bucket tracker. Print it in color if you can. It's just a little funner. Um, easier to follow, probably. Print multiple copies. You might run off the page that first month, right? Um if your kids are over 16 and driving, give them a copy. Do it together. Gamify it. But I'm excited to start talking about what's your number. That'll be the topic of conversation this upcoming week and next Friday's episode. It's really uh, the most important question to making work optional. How much money do you need each month to live happy? I'll give you the formula and discuss my number next week. Um, so as we continue to work towards redefining wealth here, to happiness and freedom. True wealth is really controlling your time. Everything that we talk about is about earning ourselves more time. Doing what you want, when you want, with who you want, for as long as you want. Thanks for tuning in to the Weekly Fives, Financial Freedom versus That Endless Struggle. This is episode three of 250, 247 to go. See you next Friday. Have a good week.